0: Hey, thanks for joining us for another message from the City Church. We're a local church in Mississauga, Ontario, gathering in community as we move closer to Jesus. We hope this message from our lead pastor, Brent Coulter, encourages you wherever you're joining us from today. And so we're actually continuing on um, relationships today, and we're going to be talking about the most primary relationship that we have today, and it is a, a parent-child relationship Or we're going to be discussing parenting today. And when we think about God and what Jesus taught us about God, that he taught us that God was our father. This was a brand new idea. And just as we think about that revelation, that understanding about God as a father, it helps us to understand us as parents. It helps us to understand our parents. Everybody has experience with parents. And when we think about God, he is the ultimate instruction giver, telling us how to live our lives, that Jesus came, that we would have abundant life and uh, gives us guidelines in our lives. But then he is also the ultimate giver of grace. And this is a great thing to think about as it relates to our parents um, and as being a parent. Now, I know not everybody had a great relationship um, with their parents or maybe continuing on. Maybe you have some difficulty as it relates to your parents. I know that it, it can be a very difficult subject for a lot of people. But it's a very important subject as we think about being parents and then our relationship with our parents, our ongoing relationship with our parents. That I would say even if they passed away, I've known some people who are, and this kind of goes back to last week, because of the difficulty of their relationship with their parents, which is a very real thing and a very difficult thing, that they are, end up holding things when the person is in the grave, and it's very important for us to rectify that in our minds and to move into forgiveness and to uh, find that place of honor, even even if that little bit of honor that we have is th- that this is the, ho- the human vessel that God chose to use to bring me to the earth. And at least there's some sort of measure of respect there because it's important um, for our own lives as individuals uh, to find that respect for our parents, and we'll look at that a little bit this morning. So... What I would say about parenting, I'm 20 years into parenting, my parenting experience. And no two years have been alike, and I would describe it like this it's it's a privilege. It's the the most privileged experience that my wife and I have had in our lives. And oh, by the way, Nicole is in Arizona um, this week, and next week she's visiting her mom. And her mom's actually doing well, by the way. She's recovering from cancer, she's doing great, and uh, which is great news. And this last week, you know, I've, I've had the, the, the opportunity to be a solo parent with my 16-year-old, my 20-year-old's way at university, and always huge respect for any solo parents in the room. <laughs> Holy smokes. Okay. It's a lot of work, friends. So it's a privilege to be a parent, and it's the most joyful thing, but it's also the most difficult thing uh, that you can ever do um, in life. But it is, once again, it is also a privilege. And and as we know, as parents, that we are just children disguised as adults. Um, you know, we, we actually, I have the privilege of having actually very wonderful parents as, as I look back at my, you know, experience growing up in the home. My my parents are really great people and they They built a relationship with my sister and I, and we we grew up in a strict home, but also a very loving home, uh, a a home where they built up relationships with us, encouraged us to do things, encouraged us to step out of our comfort zone, uh, encouraged us to move past our fears. And I'm so thankful um, for my parents. But there's, you know, a very famous movie. It's about 30 years old now, and this is not the TV show, but there was a movie called Parenthood before there was a TV show. And Keanu Reeves He was in this movie, and he's always kind of a stoner in every movie he's in. And (laughs) this kind of sounds like one. Um, You know, he had this, I'm not quoting exactly, but he made the point in this movie is that we need a license for everything. We need a license, you know, to drive a car, to operate a vehicle. We need a license for certain things. We need a license to go fishing. But anybody can have a child, Without any pre preparation, and a lot of times there's just no pre preparation. And you know, when, you, especially with your first child, you have your child and you're there in the hospital for a couple days, and then they're like kicking you out, and you're like, wait a minute, I don't know what to do. This seemed like a really good idea about nine, ten months ago, but now you're sending me home with this human, and I don't know. And all you did was show me how to bathe them. I don't know how to do the rest, and all we would know how to do would be what our parents trained us or just modeled for us and that may or might not have been a good thing and then we just perpetuate what we what we've seen and that may or may not be great and we're in this constant learning process as parents and like I said no two years of parenting are the same the, the parenting a 20 year old like we're doing now and parenting a 2 year old are not the same and so Uh, us as parents, we need to learn to grow and to change that every season with our child is not the same, but it is the most significant thing that we would do with our lives. It's the most important thing that we would do with our lives, that we are raising up a child, that we are uh, not just bringing somebody into the world, that we are raising them and God has given us the responsibility of raising our children, not just having the child, not just having them live in our home, but that we would on purpose be raising this child and be thinking about how we're raising them and and who we are uh, helping them to become. Such an important and privileged thing. uh, Malachi chapter four, verse five says this. "'See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you "'before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. "'He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children "'and the hearts of the children to the parents.'" And this is such an important thought as we talk about parenting today, and it's just the, the starting point for us as we think about our, our relationship with our parents and then the relationship that we would have with our children, that it's so important that it's a heart thing, that the, the starting place is a place of love. It's this, the starting place of, of affection that God has for us, that for God so loved the world that he sent his only son that, that, we would, um, that we would from our hearts love our children and then also once again, even in the middle of maybe not so great relationships, that we would actually love our parents. That we would, would have our hearts turned to this closest, first rela- the, the first relationship that we had with anybody was with our parents. And, and then God wants to start with our hearts. The seat, the center of who we are. And when we think about that, there's affection and we want to be affectionate as parents. and We want to celebrate our children and we want to give attention to our children. Once again, not just having children and knowing that they're somewhere in the house but we would be intentionally giving attention to them so that we could be raising them up. And see, when we think about parenting, there is a tremendous reciprocity that happens in the context of parenting. What we are doing with our children is that we are helping them mature, right? There's certain things that they don't understand, even if they're teenagers and they think they've got everything figured out. There's a bunch of things they don't actually understand yet. So we are helping them mature. And what our children are helping us to do is to become less and less selfish. Do you realize how selfish you are? And, and the, the, one of the great revelations I had uh, when our children were born was I didn't realize actually how selfish I was. And our children help us get over ourselves. Our, our children help us to see, oh, life isn't actually all about me. Life is about investing in the next generation, investing into these wonderful individuals that God has given to us. So our children actually help us to mature as well, not just us helping them to, to mature, which is such an important thing. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 says this Every Parents' favorite verse. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. And, and I, I would always say to young people, it's not because they're perfect, because your parents aren't perfect. But it is actually the right thing to do to learn to obey your parents. That you, Just this little bit of acceptance that your parents know more about life than you do. So this is actually the right thing to do for us children in the room Teenagers in the room. What are we, what are we doing? Well, we're, we're learning to obey our parents. It's just, it's just kind of the right thing to do. And then what the scripture continues on to say, and this is, once again, this is for all of us now, not just the teenagers in the room, but for everybody. Honor your father and mother. And once again, for some of us, this is really easy. For some of us, this might be really difficult, but the principle is still true that we would honor our father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise. There's a promise attached to this commandment that I'm gonna honor this place of of parent, the parents in my life. I'm gonna honor, I'm gonna give honor to them once again, even if it's just to say, God chose them to, to the human vessels to bring me into the earth. And so there's a measure of respect. There's a measure of honor that we would give and and see, once again, it affects our lives. It's a a commandment with a promise. If we don't get this right, we kind of miss out on something. If we don't get this measure of respect right, and once again, it's the right thing to do. It's not that they're perfect because they aren't perfect. Nobody's parents are perfect. And we can have angst upon angst against our parents and they didn't do this right and they didn't do this right and if you're a parent, you haven't done everything right either. And so we would muster up and we would do this, that we would honor our parents That even if our relationship might be estranged, what we could do, we would be praying for our parents. And then for those of us that have a relationship with our aging parents, what should we do? We should honor our parents. These are our parents. Can I get an amen this morning? So that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life on the earth. Because here's the deal. When we learn to honor our parents, we'll actually honor other people. Because our parents are the primary relationship in our lives. And that if we get that honor right, that honor will extend beyond just our parents. But if we are disrespectful to our parents, we'll really just be disrespectful to everybody. So we want, we want to live a long life. And so there's great thoughts attached there. Verse four, a very, another, uh, another. So we talk to children, we talk to everybody. And then here in verse four, talking specifically to parents, fathers do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Now we love verse one, but then verse four is all to us that we wouldn't be exasperating our children with our parenting skills or lack thereof. Instead, bring them up in the training instruction of the Lord. Let me read you a couple other translations of that same verse four. The message paraphrase reads like this. Fathers, don't exasperate your children by coming down hard on them. Take them by the hand. Lead them in the way of the master. The CSB says, and fathers, don't stir up anger in your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And here's one of the things that we have to take responsibility for, parents. That if every interaction with our children, they are angry, we're not doing it right. We've exasperated them with our instructions and our rule giving and our guidelines, all of which we need to do. But if our children are exasperating uh, are, are exasperated with us. We're not actually training them properly. Like some of these verses said, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna take, them by the ha- take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. Such an important thought. And I know once again, looking back at, at my parents and, and seeing the things that they did with me and my sister, this was so much a part of our upbringing. Tons of rules. We, we lived in a very strict home, but there was a taking by the hand. There was, hey, this is the way you should live your life. There was constant teaching and instruction. Everything was a possible teachable moment about our future and jobs that we might have and education and careers. And what are you gonna do with your life? And my, my, I, I have this very distinct memory of uh, playing ping pong with my dad for hours and hours and hours and hours. And when I got you know, old enough to beat him, it was a sad day. But it was a good day. But every day, any time that we would play ping pong, it just had this distinct memory. He would say, well, what are you gonna do with your life? Just like I was barely old, like I could barely see over the table. And what was he doing? Well, he, he was taking me by the hand and was saying, hey, you're not always gonna be a child. Let's be thinking about the future. And we'll see this here in some other verses that we're gonna read. And see, I would say that my dad didn't necessarily know that he was doing Bible verses, But he just had this very instinctual way, if you know my dad. He's very good with relationships. He's also very good at being strict. And it was a wonderful balance. And it was just taking, this is such a beautiful thought to think. Taking my children by the hand. Man, we're we're gonna lead them in the way of the master. We're gonna be training them in the instruction of the Lord. Such a good thought and important thought to think. Colossians chapter three, verse 21 says, parents don't come down too hard on your children or, they'll, or you'll crush their spirits. So it, this, is a, this is another thought to think about. You need to know yourself because within, your, within the parents there, the mom and the dad, generally speaking, there's a good cop and bad cop. And then the bad cop, could maybe become too bad sometimes. And what happens, we just crush the spirit of our children and we don't wanna do that. But also these verses are telling us that parents are perfect. And so what does this mean for us, parents? We have to learn to say, I'm sorry. We want to get our children to apologize. And this is something that we train them to do. But then also we need to model it for them. We have to, when we make a mistake, parents, which you will do, you have to be ready to apologize because you're not going to do everything right. You're going to come down too hard sometimes. You're going to exasperate them sometimes. And then what are we going to do? Well, we're going to apologize. Can I get an amen? So here's some parent action points for us. Proverbs chapter one, verse eight says, hear my son, your father's instruction and forsake not your mother's teaching. So we had teaching, and instruction. And what are we giving our children? And once again, when we think about raising our children, there, there's a, a lot of control early. And, and I would say it like this. We are controlling our children's flesh until they are old enough to control it. Because they don't know how to control their flesh when they're two. right? Everything is the biggest deal in the world. Anything that they want in that moment, they need to have it or there might be, you know, tantrums or anger or all this. All of their desires are turned all the way up to 10. And what do you need to do? Well, they're not old enough to conceptualize, hey, I need to not throw this tantrum right now. This tantrum is not a good idea for me. They're not thinking about theirs. They just want what they want when they want it, right? And so you're controlling their flesh until they're old enough to... To control it themselves. So when they're young, you are 10 on the control meter. You are fully controlling their life experience. But then the older they get, as they move up in age, you got to turn it down to zero. That at some point in your child's existence, you have zero control Zero control over their lives. And, and so what are we doing? We're, we're adjusting the dials as they grow older. And then the control part, and then what, what takes over from the control part is the relational part. So as the control dials down, the relationship has to dial up. Because, and I would say this, and I'm, I'm assuming it goes beyond 20, your 20-year-olds 20 need you too. Now, she's not here to hear this, so it's totally fine. She's definitely not gonna listen to this message about parenting. Your 20-year-olds need you. They need your help. But if all that I ever had was control, when they're 20, there's no interest in a relationship. But if you turn up the dial of relationship as you turn down the dial of control, then you have an ongoing relationship with your child. Such an important thing, such an important thought. So what are we doing with our children that we are setting boundaries in their lives? And what we're telling our children that beyond the boundaries, there's danger. We're teaching them that, that guardrails are there for a reason. Have you ever stood somewhere where you know there's like a cliff drop off and there, there's like some sort of railing there? And so what is the railing there for? Is the railing there to control your life? No, the railing is there. The guardrail is to keep you safe. So boundaries that we would set in our child's life, they're about love. They're not about control. I'm not, it's not about controlling my child. It's about keeping them safe. I'm teaching them about boundaries. I'm showing them that this type of attitude, this type of action, that there's danger on the other side of that. If you keep acting like that, There's danger on the other side of that boundary. And this is what God wants us to do. God wants us to set boundaries in the lives of our children. Why? Because we all, this is, we live in the real world. And certain type of actions, certain types of attitudes, if we maintain those, there's danger ahead. Can I get an amen? We know that this is true. So there's this constant training and teaching. It's not just, now it's it's when when they're young, you, you can't explain it to them because they can't conceptualize anyway. But the older that they get, you need to be able to explain why the guardrail is there. And don't use Jesus. You're parenting your children, Jesus isn't. Well, Jesus doesn't want you to do that. That doesn't help them. Don't make Jesus the bad guy. Jesus is watching you, just so you know. Go ahead. <laughs> no, God has given you the responsibility to parent your children. And then you have to explain why the guardrail is there. You've got to get good at explaining things, parents. Not, and, it, and, and listen, I've used this, we've all used this. As they get older, just because I said so is not good enough. It actually has to mean something. There there has to be some importance to the guardrail. So boundaries are about love, not control. And so what we're giving our children, that we're giving them discipline and we're giving them direction. We're giving them discipline and we're giving them direction. That what we're showing them currently with the discipline at the age that they're at, that right now there's some profitable actions and attitudes for you to adopt. Right now, current discipline at the age that they're at, age appropriate. We're giving them discipline. We're we're showing them these things. We're teaching them these things. And then direction is all about the future. Giving them God's direction. We're helping them to see the future and these things go hand in hand. We're helping our child to see the future. This is what God does with us. And this is successful parenting. There's discipline. The God wants to give us instruction about our attitudes and our actions. And then all of that will impact our direction. And this is what we're doing as parents. We're we're setting these guidelines. We're teaching our children about the future. Uh, And and we would think about the things as it relates to our children. They fall into three categories. Uh, the, The actions of our children either need to be cultivated, contained, or cut out. Cultivated, contained, or cut out attitudes and actions. There's certain things that they're doing that need to be celebrated, right? When, when they achieve something in school, when they achieve something in sports, when they, when they get a job, when they do something well, we need to cultivate that in them. We need to know what our kids are good at. If our, if our kid is really good, you know, in math or the STEM things or whatever, we need to celebrate and cultivate that if our kid is an artist, And anywhere in between, we need to cultivate those things. But don't try to turn your child into you. If you wanted to become a doctor and somehow you weren't able to become a doctor, but now you're gonna say, you must become a doctor. Mm, That's control, that's not love. God has placed something on the inside of them. You need to figure out what they're good at. I have two children, they're good at completely different things. Now there's some similarities in there and all those good things come from Nicole. But there's completely different. But what if I was trying to force my children to do the exact same thing I'm not actually cultivating what God has put in there. And then there's things that we need to contain. Once again, those attitudes. We got to we got to contain those things. We got to put a lid on some of those things, those attitudes and actions. And then there's other things we just need to cut out. This needs to be cut out. This thing, this attitude, this thing that you're doing, we need to cut this out. But you can't nurse the things that need to be cut out because they will not be successful for your child in the future. Love has guidelines. So, like, well, I just, I just love them too much, I can't discipline them. No. That's the opposite is true. You love them so much, you have to discipline them. You have to show them the right direction to go. God has given you this responsibility as parents. So it needs to be cultivated, contained, or cut out. And, and what we would say about parenting, my, my, my dad says it like this, parenting is a constant hassle. Constant. There's no breaks from Parenting. Now, there's date night and stuff, which Levi and Nadia talked about last, night, uh, last week at our marriage event, and those are important things. But there's no, there's no actual breaks from parenting. And this is a good thing to embrace. These are your children, and they don't go anywhere for like a really long time. So you just need to embrace it. You could make it a hard thing, but it is actually a wonderful thing parenting is constant abraham who is very famous was chosen for a very specific reason we can see it here in genesis chapter 18 verse 19 it says this for i have chosen him talking about abraham that he may command his children and his household after him that they would keep the way of the lord by doing righteousness and justice so that the lord may bring to abraham what he has promised so one of the reasons God chose Abraham is that he would command his children, that he would actually raise his children in the way of the Lord. This is, once again, parents, this is your, your number one job I would say, that you are the first line of action as it relates to your child's discipleship in Christ, not the church. We are here to supplement what you are doing 168 hours in the week. We maybe have them for an hour. You have them all the rest of the week. You have to be discipling your child, teaching them the ways of the scripture, praying with your children, showing them things, showing them godly things from the the scripture. Don't be mad at, well, I want to know what the church's curriculum is. Okay, here's the deal. Anything we're not teaching them, you open your Bible and you teach it to them. We're just supplementing what you are doing. This is what the scripture, hey, we're we're discipling our, we're all responsible. We're teaching our children the way of the Lord. A big part of that is being a part of church because we're getting together with the other Christians. And we're doing what the other Christians are doing. So our our kids have this identity that they know they're followers of Christ. But then us as parents, we are in constant teaching mode. And Nicole is so good at this. Nicole is the constant. just this constant. There's no let up. Listen, these girls don't get to breathe. I'm just telling you. Your homework and their stuff, and you got chores, and you got to do this. It was like, it's like parenting is constant. This is what we see. This is why God chose Abraham so that they would, would be. What's, once again, what is it that they would keep the way of the Lord? This is what we want for our kids. This relationship with God is so important because we want our kids to follow Jesus and then we want our grandkids to follow Jesus and so on and so on. And once again, this was not about controlling them and forcing them. All of this has to do with relationship building, having discussions, find out what their questions are. What are their questions about faith? What are their questions about the scripture? What are their questions about Jesus? And you need to get good at answering those things. Amen. Second Timothy chapter one, verse five says this. Paul's writing to Timothy, he says about Timothy, he says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And now I am sure dwells in you. So we see here three generations of faith. And this is what we want. We want to take our children. And what are we gonna do? Take them by the hand and show them the way of the Lord. Show them the way of the Lord. I have a lot of stories about this, but when I was youth pastor, what I mentioned about the hour and then the parents have them. See, a lot of parents would just mess up their kids for the rest of the week and then bring them to youth and be like, hey, can you fix them? And I'm kind of like, no, I actually need to fix you. Your kids aren't actually the problem. You aren't actually showing your children the way of the Lord. You're just doing a bunch of other stuff and then you, you think that you're going to bring them to church and somehow like, the church is going to fix their situation. And then I had the opposite. I had a bunch of kids not, that didn't even need to come to youth group because their parents were raising them really well. No, I'm not, I'm not saying don't come to youth. That's not the point of what I'm saying. <laughs> My point is the kids that really followed God was because of the home, not because of me. As a youth pastor, such an important thing, parents, that we're showing our kids and we're teaching them about faith. And the other part is we want our kids to be successful in life and in society. We want them to be able to function well because they're going to leave home and they're gonna to go to school and they're gonna to go to work a job. And we want them to be successful in life. Can I get an amen? amen? We want them to do better than us. So there's training and destruction and there's attitude adjustment because why? We want them to go out. Because here's the deal, friends. Somebody will discipline your children. You don't want it to be the police or their boss. Well, they, they just can't keep a job. Because why? Because they weren't trained poorly. Amen. Here we go. Lots of fun. This is lots of fun. Here we go. Deuteronomy chapter. I feel like my dad there. And you know, I felt like my dad. Deuteronomy chapter eleven, verse nineteen. Listen, you shall teach them to your children, taking talking of them. Where you're sitting in a house, where you're walking by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. When is that? All the time. All of the time, there's lessons to learn. There's all the time to be talking to them, training them, showing them things. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Listen, that the days of your children may be multiplied in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give them, as long as the heavens are above the earth. So what does that mean? There's a promised land for your children. But what preceded... The promised land for your children, parental training. You want your kids to walk in the promised land of their lives. You want them to take what God has put on the inside of them that you have cultivated and you have trained and you have celebrated, and you want them to go out and you want them to be great. Don't you? any parents in the room, you want your kids to be great. You want their kids to be greater than you. And I would say this, friends, it takes more than prayer. You need to pray for your kids, for their future and all of of the stuff. But it's a constant. It's all of the time. It's at the breakfast table. It's on the way to school. It's after school. It's at bedtime. It's on road trips. It's while you're watching shows. Watch TV to get this, Nicole is awesome at this. Watch TV with your children and train them the type of spouse to choose. Anytime we're watching a show and there's like, uh, you know, like the bad guy, like the bad boy in the show, Nicole pauses the TV, never this boy, girls, never this guy. (laughs) See what they're showing you? They're showing you that this is the type of guy you don't choose, be wise, like, okay, mom. Constant, constant, why? Because we want them to go out and with their relationship with God that that we have trained them to follow Jesus and love God and love people. And that we have trained them how to work at a job and to be successful. Constant, constant, constant. And by doing that, we are contending for our child's future that all has to be intentional, that all has to be on purpose. Last thing, and this is the hardest one, then I have a few practical thoughts for you, is this, be who you want your children to be. Do you remember that day when your first child started exhibiting some of your negative tendencies and you hated it, and you're like, oh man, they're acting like me. I gotta change. They're just doing the things that they saw. Be who you want your children to be. If you don't want your children to fly off in the tantrums, don't fly off into tantrums. Amen. Be who you want your children to be. Once again, the the hardest person to lead isn't actually your children, it's leading yourself. And this becomes so important as a parent. Titus chapter two, verse six says this, likewise urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. We want our children to be self-controlled So what should we do? We should model it for them. And in your teaching, show integrity, dignity, sound speech that cannot be condemned so that an opponent may be put to shame having nothing evil to say about us. And I would say that's the hardest part of parenting. Be who you want your children to be. Just a couple super practical points here as we finish. And once again, these are what I would say, some of the things that I learned from my parents is that you need to have relationship and rules. You need to be firm and loving, both and, not either or. You have to be firm and loving. You need to, and they, they go together really well. If you, all you ever are is firm there's gonna be some deficiencies in your children. If all you ever are is quote unquote loving, that you're never, there's never any firmness in there, they're not gonna know any of the guidelines necessary to live a successful life. We need to be firm and loving. Number two, challenge them in their gifts. Push them in what God has placed on the inside. If your children are good at something, push them in that direction. Here's another one that was big for my parents. Don't let them quit stuff. And and how I would say this too, is you give them a, a big preamble before you start anything. Lessons, whatever. Hey, I just wanna let you know, if you wanna start these lessons that go from September till May, you will be in this class at May, just so you know. Because if you come to me in December and you're crying, I won't care. We are committing to stuff and we are gonna see it through. Why? Why would I do that? Why would I be a mean parent like that? Because that's what they need to do. That's what they need to do when jobs get hard and you don't actually have another job yet. Oh, I don't love this job and my boss is mean. Welcome to the real world. Oh, I'm just going to quit this job. Oh, it's hard. I'm going to quit this job. Oh, it's hard. Oh, this relationship is hard. I'm going to quit this relationship. But if you give them a different pattern, that it's okay to stay in something once it gets hard, that's a good pattern to establish. Don't let them quit stuff. This is a big one. Capitalize on bedtime. Capitalize on bedtime. Teach your children Bible stories at bedtime. Read them the Bible story and then tell them what it means. Tell them why the story is there. Disciple your children, train them. Get a kid's Bible appropriate to their age. Don't read them the King James. (laughs) Read them the story, read other stories. Sit with them, lay on the bed with them. So one, of, one of the best things about having kids is that you get to be a kid again. You get to sit down on the floor and play games. Dads, is amazing. You get to play games. Sit down. Spending time with them. Talk about their day. Find out what happened in their day. Don't overreact to stuff. Because if you overreact to stuff that they tell you, but not coming back to tell you something else. Pray at bedtime. Every day, pray with your children at bedtime. And as they get older, you can start to have deeper discussions. You don't actually have to read the Bible that has pictures in it. You can help them as they get older and as their faith matures, that your discussions can get deeper. It's a wonderful thing. And then the very last thing, and I would say I had this modeled for me tremendously, is that you have to love your kids a lot. My mom said that she, she can barely remember her mom telling her she loved her. And then she said, so she wasn't gonna repeat that. So we got a lot of love and a lot of hugs and a lot of kisses. And even when we didn't want it, and even when we were teenagers and we were pushing away at the door, my dad would be hugging me, kissing my cheek. A lot of love, a lot of affection, why? Because the ultimate father, the loving father God, that's what he does to us, even when we're bad. Amen. Let's just pray this morning. Father God, we're so thankful for your word today. We're so thankful, Lord, that you parent us with love. And God, we just pray for all of us today as we choose to honor our parents, as we choose to pray for our parents, as we choose to forgive our parents today. We just thank you that you, that you help us in this because Lord, this is a first commandment with promise. And God, I just pray, Lord, for all the parents in the room today, that they see how valuable their children are to you. And God, that's what we are. We're, we're getting, getting them ready for a life of following you, getting, getting them ready for a life of putting their faith in you, their trust in you, because God, ultimately, that's what we want. We pray that you help us, Lord, at every stage of parenting. God, we just love you today, and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen in. Be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for other messages. For more content from The City Church or to connect with us, visit us at thecitychurch.ca or find us on Facebook or Instagram at CityChurchGTA. Thanks again for joining us.